Thanks for joining us again for another great edition of Talking Tigs. I'm Scott Gerard. Joining me tonight, as always, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. We're going to wrap up LSU's uh, impressive 38-0 to victory against the New Mexico Lobos. Uh, you know, it was pretty much a given win before the onset, but uh, it's always interesting to see how the Tigers do against subpar opponents because typically, you know, we can tend to play down to them if, if we don't focus. But, uh, you know, Brian Kelly had this team focused, and they look pretty good. We'll get into all of that uh, in addition to whatever else happened in college football. Uh, I think LSU may have had some recruits on campus. And, um, oh, yeah, I, th- I think I think one of our violations has finally come up in the public view. But I guess we could mention that as well. And uh, I don't know. I think LSU basketball is – actually right around the corner. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but, you know, Matt McMahon's already having press conferences. So uh, I get a feel like it's, it's starting to, you're starting to get that low, that low, uh, low, low heat going. Um, but before we get into all that, how are you guys doing? I mean, any weekend, uh, the Tigers get a victory is a good weekend, but damn if the saints don't try and ruin it though. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, bad performance from the saints, but, Man, another good weekend from LSU. I like what we're seeing. Uh, you know, nice little tune-up game going into uh, going into this this first you know road trip. So um, I'm excited to chop it up with y'all. Yeah, I had fun watching the game. Uh, I had asked for a, a smooth win, and that's what I got. So I was thankful for that. Uh, enjoyed a couple other games on Saturday as well. And yeah, like Tommy said, we're about to dip our toes into the meat of this SEC schedule. So that's always a bit of a, a roller coaster ride. And Auburn is known to be a cl- tough opponent pretty much always for LSU. So a uh, big swing game coming up here. Yeah, I, I don't take anything for granted. I mean, I, I think every one of us here that that talk on the pod can agree. All of our past guests can agree. I think most of the SEC can agree that Auburn is just putrid this year at least offensively but i I would never take them for granted whatsoever especially on the road um so we'll see um but yeah speaking of roller coaster man that's just it's another one of those weeks there were some upsets there were some near upsets luckily lsu wasn't one of them um like we said cruising to a 38-0 victory um i think i think overall we saw some improvement offensively even though we didn't we didn't really still have you know supposedly our best player number seven was not there congrats to him though Keishon Butte welcomed his son into the world that's why he wasn't there um I don't know there was a lot of weird you know just theories out there about what it means for the program but I mean the guys you know he's having a kid Brian Kelly gave him a weekend off shouldn't be a big deal right I mean it's it's New Mexico for good it's not like the SEC championship I, I think he would have been there if it was but uh, congrats to him. But I get it. I guess we could break that down. But, uh, I mean, offensively, better off. Jane Daniels looked more comfortable and decisive in the pocket. Brian Kelly said as much. Yep. Defensively, I don't know what else you could ask for. You know? Defense uh, looked real good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, literally, the, like statistically, in every sense of the word, what else could you ask for? Special teams, some good, some still stuff to improve upon. But I, I don't know, man. I, I feel much better about heading in this week going against Auburn especially after watching them barely scrape by, by literally talk about a game of inches. There mm-hmm. is so many inches, like just games lost by mere inches this weekend. Auburn being one of them, uh, they barely beat Missouri just because a guy 
like let go of the ball at the goal line inadvertently, I'd imagine. But still, it's just heading into Auburn, even though we're playing there, how can you not be confident? Yeah, I mean, I, I if if you watched even maybe you know three minutes of that Auburn game, you could tell that uh, there's trouble on the planes. And no, no one wanted to win that game. Either. Nobody wanted to win the game. Missouri is not a good team, but Auburn's not really a good team either. Um, it was kind of miserable. I watched the whole thing. It was and it was kind of miserable to watch. Um, but I I think I, I still stick with what Daniel you know Daniel kind of said to begin with. Like Auburn always gives us a tough game. It's always a it's always a uh, it's never a cakewalk, especially when you go into Auburn. So um, I think that now, do I think we can go out there and, and, you know, really lay it on them and beat them pretty bad? Yes. I think we're a better team than them, but, um, and I mean, you know, this is, this is kind of a, a hot seat bowl. A lot of people were saying that I think, I think the word was that Harson would have been fired if they'd lost to Missouri. I saw that on Twitter. Like as, like, as the game was kicking off, it's like, I think it was a uh, Pete Thamel, the the ESPN guy, was yeah. like, "Yes, yeah. <laughs> just so you know, like if he loses, he's gone." Um, so you know, something to watch. I, he'll, I guess he he'll Auburn will be coaching or Auburn will be playing for their coach's life. You know, he'll be coaching for his life. And um, uh, I, I don't know, maybe it's different with an upstart LSU versus lowly Missouri at home, right? Because like Auburn had every chance to win that game and they just couldn't. Yeah. I think the, obviously the offensive, like they tried two quarterbacks and they couldn't get it done. I, I feel like he's, I feel like he's gone. I feel like if you ended the season today, he's gone. So it's really just a, a matter of when it almost, almost kind of like, I guess like what we had last year, but um, <laughs> TikTok, TikTok. Yeah. I feel, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they, if, if, if we beat them, if they, if they lose embarrassingly um, and if they look like they looked against Missouri against us, uh, that will be an embarrassment for them. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he got fired. Yeah, well, Auburn, they, I guess we're kind of skimming over New Mexico here. We can circle back to that. But uh, Auburn just doesn't have a whole lot of playmakers other than running back Tank Bigsby, who's a good one. He's kind of the lone man rowing their boat right now. Uh, they got a decent ground game, but everything else is medium to to bad. Yeah. And LSU has, I think, more talent in just about every aspect of the ball. Um, one thing Auburn is down to, I believe their third and fourth string quarterbacks both saw action against Missouri. Yeah. Uh, because former LSU player TJ Finley hurt, Texas AM transfers at Calzada hurt. Uh, so they were down to, I think Robbie Ashford was like a true freshman. And then he got hurt during Missouri game. So their fourth string guy had to come out. Uh, so it could be one of either of those. And then I think they're also down to their third string center as well. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, there could be some disaster in that phase of the, the game for Auburn. And knowing our defensive line, they they stepped up uh, again against New Mexico. So uh, if we can make each snap a nightmare for him, then uh, it'll go a long way towards still in the victory. But yeah, Auburn is always close. Last year, they beat us by five points. And the year before that, um, that was like our, I don't actually remember 2021 or, or 2020 season, but yeah, in 2020, 19 when we won the championship that was like our closest game of the season yeah um, L- lsu uh 2020 was the game where TJ, oh that was a terrible game yeah, yeah when tj, TJ played and we lost played, by 40 yeah. points or something cool. yeah and so, last, these past two years have been bad against auburn mm-hmm. i mean bo nix looked like a heisman trophy winner against us last year yeah so right now lsu is being predicted to win by nine points against auburn at home which is wow. a lot i was saying that lsu is favored by 12 on a neutral field 
But it's um, moved a lot since it started. It started yeah, I think in it, six. Or yeah, something. and people were all over LSU on that one. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if we take it down by that much. I think we do win, but I would say by like four or five. Um, but yeah, still a, a solid victory and one we really need to have um, to to see success the rest of the year. This would be like a, a real demoralizer if we did go there and drop it. Yeah, and especially against a team that um, in all – conceivability you know we we should beat uh, just looking at the rest of the schedule especially the month of october um but uh daniel's right we we don't want to skim over new mexico uh because that's who we did play but i mean honestly wasn't too much to say about them bless their hearts you know they they gave it their all i think they made it slow for the tigers to get going i'll give them that to their credit but uh i mean everything you could say about them is pretty much what we would talk about for LSU's defense because they had what 88 total yards. Their their quarterback, not just like one drive, one quarter. Overall, he was five of seven for 47 yards, and that is just uh, amazing on LSU's part. Uh, I think I think I, they rushed for I don't know like around around 70 yards as a team. So all the credit I think to that game, uh, you know, can go to LSU's defense because. You know, it's a lot to shut out a, you know, a, a, a team and just in, you know, NCAA, <laughs> uh, uh, the division that we're in. So I, I don't know. I think there's credit there. Obviously, it's a much lesser opponent. But, I mean, even, you know, we've definitely seen LSU, you know, give up late, you know, third, fourth quarter points to teams, field goals here, uh, you know, third string, uh, long drive, touchdown give ups there. But that didn't happen. So they gave it all four quarters. I think LSU's defense has turned it around since FSU overall. Um, you know, it's like they gave up how many third down conversions in that FSU game? I think they've given up like half or a third of that since then, just in the last three games. So it's just a testament to, you know, what, what they've been working on. Yeah. And the, the, you know, kind of gelling, you can tell this, this defense unit is really uh, gelling together and, and used to playing together now even more than the, you know, they're kind of growing, growing together as a, as a team. So it's great to see. I mean, I'm really, imp- I was really impressed with our linebacker play. I was impressed with, um, with our, you know, defensive back play. Uh, BJ Ujulari was absent. Um, you know, I and think Jay was, Ward. And and Jay J- Ward. Yeah, and Jay Ward was absent as well. So kind of uh, precautionary, um, you know, sits there. But uh, I, I mean, I think, in their absence that, you know, probably our two, our two star players on the defense, they, we looked good. Yeah. And then supposedly both of them will, should be good to go for Auburn, which is a, a big boost. And yeah, like, like you said, the defense, everybody was uh, communication was on time. No blown plays. I actually, I think New Mexico had like kind of one play that went for like 25 yards or something yeah. like that. Other than that, that was it. Harold Perkins again, led the team in tackles with eight. Um, he's, already established himself as one of the best players on our defense. And then offensively, Jaden Daniels spread the ball around, got a lot of different people involved. Jack Besh, we we were calling him out last week for being a ghost on the field. Uh, He had a few nice catches. um, And a nice punt return. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, So everybody's getting some action. Um, Offensive line looked even stronger. Uh, Obviously, New Mexico isn't rushing five-star DNs at you, but uh, they, they held up well. And so... We just really need more of the same, uh, and then we can take care of a team like Auburn. 
Yeah. And uh, I think, like you said, they spread it around. They spread the love around. And what I thought was different with the offense is, man, Jaden Daniels just looked like he was a, a third-year starter at LSU back there in the pocket, right? He just looked so comfortable, and he just felt like he knew every what, what the timing where everything was going to happen, and it just looked decisive, really. That's what I said. Brian Kelly said as much in the in the press conference after the game. You know, they gave him the game ball, rightfully so. Um, I And it's weird because, uh, you know, we obviously Keyshawn Butte was out, but it's like other guys that, you know, you know, some only some people were talking about before the season. Like Brian Thomas had the the longest catch and run for the for the game. Great TD uh, thrown by Garrett Nussmeyer because uh, Jane Daniel was hurt. When by the time he was ready to come back in, they're like, eh, "Game's out of hand. Uh, just take this. You know, take the rest of the game off. We got it. Nuss is in. <laughs> no fuss. No fuss with Nuss. So he you know, like he got a touchdown and it was it was great. So. Everyone got involved, even Jack Bash, even, uh, you know, Noah Kane had a, a, I guess you could say somewhat of a breakout game. He had the longest run for a score. So everyone was getting involved and, you know, the defense just gave him all that much time to do it and wear it on the clock. And it, it looked great. It looked different against Auburn, obviously, but I don't know. I think the fact that Jaden Daniels just had a game to just sit back in the pocket and trust himself. I don't know. It, it looked different from week to week, right? So that's something that LSU doesn't necessarily see all the time is like in the times where, you know, we didn't need to at Joe Burrow, but uh, you know, like week to week where a quarterback's doing simple stuff. It's like, there was a remarkable difference between this game and the last three games. He really yeah. needed to. I mean, I, I, I think he's improving. And yeah. I think, I think he, like you said, he's getting more comfortable. He's getting more comfortable with our receivers. He's getting more comfortable with our scheme. And, um, and, and again, I'll say you know, not to, uh, I guess we also don't want to dismi- dismiss that the talent he's playing, you know, he's competing against is not um, the the typical, you know, what he's faced so far with the exception of maybe Southern, but right. Uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just excited that we took care of business, got, uh, got a shutout win, which I think Scott, you brought up a good point to be, you know, at the beginning, it's like, we've, there've been many an LSU team that has played a New Mexico or a, I remember a Towson state or Nichols or, I mean, you know, you can go back to Troy, North Texas, North Texas, UAB, you know, the, these teams that are money games, you're supposed to be easy, you know, just tune up easy wins, mark that W on your, on your schedule. And it's the third quarter and it's a, uh, it's a 21, you know, 21, 13 game. And you're like, what is going on? And, and LSU just went three and out. <laughs> so well they um, kind of did have a little bit of a slow start against new mexico like they only had 10 points until like a half a minute before halftime yeah no but i, well, I guess what i'm saying is like i mean there have been i feel like there I, I i felt like that was a altogether like the whole game was more dominant than than we've seen in other years That's against true. like a against a lesser opponent yeah definitely and i think that's uh you know, I guess you could give credit to Brian Kelly for that, right? Like, he didn't let him take a week off. Uh, you know, it's – you see it elsewhere. But um, I, I don't know. I think um, I think it boils down to LSU's defense and just how far they've come in, in the last few weeks, uh, what they were able to do against Mississippi State. And you see, I think, a little bit of progression from that. And you mentioned sometime, it's like, yeah, we um, – you know, we had a couple guys out, but it's like we're – like. Harold Perkins has 
stepped in just fine. And uh, we're also going to, in, in addition to having Jay Ward back, we're also going to have Joe Fauci back for the first time this season, back from suspension. And from what Brian Kelly's saying, it's like he's going to hit the ground running. He's He's been fine. Yeah, uh, He's ready to go. So it's it's been weird because the defensive secondary it's it's been different. Uh, I don't know if it's been consistent, but like we're not going to have major burns back for like another three, maybe even six weeks based on injury. But I don't know. Maybe in the next three weeks they'll have some stability back there, even though they still look all right. It, it really does feel like uh, it, it's almost interchangeable with our defense. You know, but, I mean, we've had a lot. We've had a lot of kind of. I, I see. I see a lot of people rotating in and out throughout the throughout um, defensive drives. And you know, think about all the all the linebackers who got play in this. It just in this game, you got Wes Weeks, Micah Baskerville, uh, Harold Perkins, Mike um, Jones, Mike Jones. So I mean, like you know, everybody was getting work, and everybody was was doing well. Like it, there wasn't a significant drop off that I saw. Mm-hmm. Mm. No, not at all. Uh, and then you saw pretty much the same consistency with Jaden Daniels, right? It's I, I, not in a, you know just his pocket presence aside for a second. It's he did what he's always done, just kind of consistent, uh, reliable. It's twenty four, twenty nine, two seventy nine yards. But uh, you know, it's like well, there's no TDs, but still, it's that's very, very efficient. And another stat. Zero turnovers. There's a lot of zeros for this game. In addition to LSU allowing zero points, zero turnovers. And then um, there were zero. Um, we had zero punts. We didn't punt the entire punts. game. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Bramblett had zero punts. And um, there was something else. Oh, yeah. I guess, yeah, just the zero points. But uh, yeah, and just very, very impressive overall. Zero punts. I don't know when the last time we've had that. Not not once this year. I know that much. But uh yeah, I mean special teams. Uh I don't know. We don't have Cade York, but I I think Ramos will be good for this year. Uh, I don't know how many games have come down to him having to, you know, having to rely on his leg, but as of now, it's like he's our guy. So I I think he's good from short distances. Uh, kickoffs. I don't know. We may have to find somebody else there. I think there've been a few that have kind of skewed out of bounds, which, you know, you don't want to give away yards. So maybe we just find someone that can just kick it down the center of their field, even if it's like five, 10 yards out in front of the goal line. But, um, I don't know. Yeah. You saw a couple different options back at uh, punt return. You just need somebody that can like n- not cough it up. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think Jack Besh might be that guy. And I think that's a good, a good. Um, I think having him back there is a good uh, way to get to get the ball to him, especially when Kayshawn comes back. So I, I liked that. I liked his explosive play um, on the punt return. And yeah, and he had one taken for a touchdown. They got called back because the block in the back, but he probably would have scored anyway if the guy hadn't done it. So well, it, uh, it wasn't even really that bad of a block in the back, to be honest. Or I think yeah, they called blindside block, but um, yeah, it was kind of unnecessary. Um, but regardless, it was an explosive play and, and you know, I like, yeah, I yeah. like getting the ball in his hands. I feel like he's, uh, that, and I think that's a good way to, to get him, get him into the, into the, you know, the, uh, get him into the picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now next in the Tigers picture is their first true sec road game. 
this season, but also under the Brian Kelly era. Like I said earlier, I, you know, I, I kind of feel good about our chances just based off of what we've been able to accomplish ever since the FSU game, or at least the, ever since the halftime of the FSU game. And then also just seeing what Auburn's been doing this year, which is, you know, not much, just kind of barely hanging on in the games they, they kind of do win. But uh, I don't know. I think what it comes down to LSU's defense, as long as they can perform the same, which I think they can, it's a night game in Auburn. You know, it's going to be a good environment for Auburn's sake, but LSU's definitely come out of there with victories before. I, I think uh, the, our offense will be fine. I don't know about Auburn's defense. I mean, Penn State kind of just ran rough shot all over them. Most of it was in the second half, though. Yeah, so. they got they got blown out by Penn State. Like we said, they just barely beat Missouri, and then yeah. they had two or had a close game against San Jose State, also that they won. So they haven't exactly taken down any Titans as of yet. So, Ellis, I mean, Penn State is not amazing. I would say they're probably overachieving at this point, but they made easy work of Auburn at home at Auburn's place. Yeah. Uh, so if we can do anything close to that, then we'll be good. I just like kind of like I said earlier, I don't want us to start looking ahead to um, kind of this revamped Tennessee team, like a big matchup there and kind of just chalking it up as a W. Like we got to take it one week at a time and get this one set. Uh, I mean, if I had to give a score, I think it's going to be a little bit lower scoring, maybe like 24, 20 LSU, I think that's kind of in the the range that we've seen in this series, kind of historically in the past five six years. Um, but yeah, I think we we got too much talent. Auburn's a bit of a a, a dumpster right now in terms of their talent. So um, that'd be big for Brian Kelly to go pick up a win on the plains. Yeah, you know, I, I, as I think about this game um, and and the line being at like you know right at like you said Scott opening at six, getting to nine right now. I think we win by by at least a touchdown. And the way I, I see this game maybe playing out, probably I mean, maybe this is best case scenario for LSU, but I but I think it could I think it's you know very possible that um uh, that defense that we've seen over the past maybe you know three weeks shows up. And I mean we if you watched any of uh if you watched any of the Auburn game this past this past week against Missouri, I mean their offense was basically anemic. They could they they could have put Missouri is not a good team. And there, there are multiple opportunities for them to put them away, and they, they just kind of like you know fell flat. I think, um, I think our defense will be able to to con- control them, and so I could totally see us winning by one, one, you know, seven to ten, maybe even fourteen points. So uh, I think we'll, I think we'll get it. I think we'll score, score some points to get into like the thirties. So I'm going to say uh, LSU thirty-five and Auburn seventeen. Mm, I'm I'm with you on uh, two of the three points you mentioned. I thought LSU uh, offense would be able to move the ball decently and their defense would even give them a score. I think LSU's defense will give them a score because Auburn is that bad. I, have, I, have we I had a defensive touchdown this year? Yeah, well, Michael Baskerville, uh, he ran up interception. Against Southern. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so I'd say LSU can get a defensive uh, score. So I'm, but I agree with you also on the thirties, I, I think LSU can score in the thirties and I think Auburn will be at 17. So I'll put LSU at 31, 31, 17. Scott's playing uh price is right with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he $1, just, $1, Bob. $1, <laughs> $1. 
<laughs> it ends uh, in a zero to zero tie. Right. Uh, I wonder when the last time that was in college football. I mean, there are a lot of just crazy scorers all around, right? You saw what Clemson going to double overtime with Wake Forest. That was 51 to, God, was it 40? It was 40 something. It was like with a touchdown or within a touchdown. 51 45? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you had K State take out Oklahoma. 41-34. USC almost lost to Oregon State. They had that game, then USC scored with like a minute something left. Uh, then you had Arkansas and AM, which, I don't know, regardless of what you think of either team, it, you know, it was a good game that came down to last, like literally the last possession. Arkansas, poor guy, missed a field goal. Like, it bounced off the top, the top yeah. of the field. Like, if it had just gone forward... They'd have gave it to him. Yeah. Because they count the post as part of like the bounds. So if it had just bounced over the bar, like that way, straight up, they would have counted it, I think. And Arkansas would have won the game. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, there was that. I don't know. What what else did you guys see? A lot of good games. We had Texas yeah. Tech beating Texas. They were throwing the horns down in Lubbock and some like post game shenanigans with like, Texas to be Tech fans. In the Big 12 now. Yeah, well, the Tex- Texas Tech rushed the field, which I was kind of like, all right, it's a good win, but like this is not a number they, one they, Texas team oh, or but, something. No, but this, but this Texas Tech, you got you forget this Texas Tech team has been has been in the the cellar for years. I yeah. think the last the last time they rushed the field was in two thousand eight when they beat Texas at home with um, Michael Crabtree. Yes, Thank and you. and wasn't um I might be completely wrong, but wasn't like. Cliff Kingsbury and Lincoln Riley on that team, coached by Mike Leach. E- yeah, I think they were. I think like yeah. I think Cliff Kingsbury was the was the quarterback, and I think Lincoln Riley was his backup. Oh yeah, and then he transferred to Oklahoma. Oh wait, yeah. Well, wait, no, no, I'm sorry. No, that, that that's <laughs> Baker. No, I'm, th- I'm thinking <laughs> of Baker Mayfield, but he was he was somewhere else. He was he was at Baylor, right? Like he was somewhere, and then he transferred to Oklahoma. Uh, it was so long ago, I almost forget. But Baker Mayfield was – he was either at Baylor or Texas Tech, and then he transferred to Oklahoma. I think he was at Texas Tech. Was he? Okay. That, that sounds right because he was – it was like some gunslinger thing. He was like, yeah, it's, it's, there's already one of you here. So he just left. We uh, we saw Scott's Georgia Bulldogs look human against Kent State. That was a bit yeah. of a surprise. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, like you, we were talking about earlier, you know, LSU's worst game – in 2019 was to Auburn and Auburn was not good that year. So, uh, you know, it happens, but like they still won by double digits, which is what you can ask for. They've looked good. Otherwise, um, Tennessee, Florida was a good game. Balls on top. Yeah, a lot of good plays. Um, I don't know, man, what's, what do you make of Tennessee or Florida? Cause I know Tennessee fans, they're like, all right, so if we win at LSU, then we're going to be undefeated. Like they're already counting this game and Baton Rouge for themselves. Like they're what, I think what Josh Heupel did, he, you know, he jinxed himself. He said, Rocky Top is back. Ooh. Yeah. I was like, oh, really? That's, he, that's you know, that's eerily similar. Do you remember, do you, do you know what I'm thinking about? Sam Ellinger? No, I'm thinking about, uh, I'm thinking about Lane Kiffin. Uh, when uh, they went to Florida and they asked him like, coach, what, what do you think about, uh, what do you think about, you know, your chances this week? And he said, we're going to be singing Rocky Top all the way home. And they got beat bad by Tim Tebow, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Uh, well, I mean, Tennessee has a week to just sit there and think about it too. Uh, I'm glad LSU's playing a game this weekend on the road. Uh, you know, SEC opponent. Yep. Yep. I will say though, I think Scott, kind of what you're getting into is that the you know this Tennessee game coming up. They just announced today that uh, it's going to be 11 a.m. kickoff. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So what do rough. we think about that? Well, there there was already also some some inklings that if LSU does beat Auburn convincingly, then College Game Day may come to Baton Rouge for the Tennessee game. I'm not sure how likely that is, considering it's no the same way. weekend as the uh, as a Red Red River rivalry. And Alabama versus A and M. I bet they go to um, to Tuscaloosa for that one because of the Saban versus Jimbo feud. Um, but either way, yeah, the 11 a.m. kick. LSU is actually undefeated in 11 a.m. kicks at home since 2000. Uh, yeah. It's only been eight games, but that's a, that was an interesting <laughs> statistic considering you always hear about LSU at night, like home Tiger Stadium can't be beat. Um, so maybe they they wake up early, they get their good sleep, and then they're ready to go. Um, I, I think it, I think it helps us to be honest. Like I think that um, yeah, I don't understand how yet, but it does. I don't know. You don't understand how? What you don't understand why I think it helps me? Yeah, because because I think that uh, I think that tra- like for a for a team to travel and then have to wake up at eleven a.m. and get and get up and get excited and get you know get pumped up for a game. I think I think that's harder. I think it's a harder task than the home team just being okay. We're here. We're gonna go. We know we're going to Lod Cook, where we stay every every game day, and we wake up. We're gonna wake up at seven in the morning and go play this game. Like I feel like for the like for LSU, it'll feel more like a practice kind of a, a or a, maybe a you know fall camp type type of uh like yeah. uh schedule. Whereas I think for Tennessee, like I I don't think they I can guarantee you, I would almost bet money they they haven't played an eleven a.m. kickoff game yet. So I think it's just going to be a weird thing. I think it might throw them off a little bit. It's those early games, especially, I mean, if it's hot here, you know, the, the, the sun getting, it'll just, I could just, I can, and I can see Tennessee just being like, we kind of want to get, get over this. Like, you know, we thought this was going to be just a cakewalk and now we're in this game. We don't like it. It's hot. It's 11 AM. I don't want to be here. That kind of thing. Yeah. Hopefully some of that plays in there. I know the fans are probably glad they don't have to go play in Tiger Stadium at night because it's so formidable. I think that's why the LSU fans are so, you know, distraught because it's like, oh, man. Well, A, it's the fact that you're going to rob Tiger Stadium, that environment. But, you know, it's not up to them to give us that environment. I mean, it happens when it happens. But um, I I think the issue is with the matchup that they chose, it's like they gave the – better time slot to Georgia Auburn, which is not going to be as good a game at all. Right. Like no one would say right now, Georgia Auburn, that's going to be a nail biter. Yeah. No matter how bad Auburn is, I just don't see it happening. So the fact and like, I, I think obviously at this point, unless LSU SHITs the bed in Auburn this weekend, which I don't think they will, uh, you know, the, the better game, better matchup is Tennessee in Baton Rouge, even at, you know, at night. Yeah. Or I mean, 3 30 in the afternoon. Or I 2 30 in the afternoon. I mean, I can't argue with you, but um I I also I also feel like I want I I, I, I do wonder if um the networks kind of I wonder if LSU's a little bit on a short leash 
because I mean, they gave, they gave us some primetime games last year and the year before that we probably shouldn't have had based on how well we, how well we were playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. But that's not on us. We're better now. Just well, trust us. <laughs> all right. Here. Come on, well, baby. I ain't going to do you wrong again. <laughs> wait, hold on. I got CBS on line one. Scott, yeah. go. Okay. Look, guys, we're talking about 2022 LSU. The BK era takeover is the here. BK takeover, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, what about this week? Any any games y'all are looking forward to? I know there was a couple of big – or the college game days going to Clemson versus NC State. So two unbeatens there. And then I know Kentucky plays Ole Miss, um, so that's a two SEC unbeaten. Yeah. They kind of have a lot to prove. I think um, that'll so be, be two one. fun ones. I feel that'll like Kentucky has been overshadowed a little bit by Tennessee, but Kentucky's a a good team in the East. Yeah, um, you know, so so that's all. That'll be a fun one to watch. Um, and Ole Miss has had a good season so far. Obviously, they're undefeated. They have a super high powered offense, but. Uh, they're kind of one of those teams where you can say like they ain't played nobody yet. Uh, they kind of cut Paul. <laughs> yeah, Paul <laughs> Feinbaum's uh, coming to Ole Miss's rescue, but they haven't played any any highly ranked opponents. So this is time to see if the the Fighting Lane Kiffins are contenders or pretenders. Yeah, because that that was my kind of observation. Is there's a lot of uh, you know the the East is kind of up with the SEC, the the West. I don't know, man. Um, I feel like it's it's Alabama, and it could be any one of us after that. I know we lost to FSU, but we're still undefeated in SEC play. So I, I don't know. It's like in Brian Kelly's first year, it could just work out that I don't know. Like uh, you know, maybe he he kind of takes advantage of just a weird year in the SEC. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's put up or shut up time for for the Rebels. But I I don't know. I, I feel like. A&M is just ready for another huge downfall. Obviously, Auburn is. It's just whether or not, you know, Harson rides out the season or not. And Mississippi State, I don't know. Um, I don't know if anyone expected much. Of, they, they, they could fare okay, right? But Arkansas, I don't know. It's like they, they kind of showed they're, they're um, you know, uh, susceptible. Uh, yeah, that was a that was a tough game for me to watch because I was I was really excited about that one. I, I wanted Arkansas to to you know put it on A and M, but um, it's you know ever since ever um once KJ Jefferson lost that uh that fumble or whatever in the in the red zone, it was kind of over for him. I mean, they came back obviously and had a chance to win, but the momentum really went in A and M's favor. Um. Mm-hmm. I still, th- I mean, I still think they're going to be there. I still think they're a, a great team though. So it's weird watching Max Johnson play in an A&M uniform. Oh, it really me. is. So <laughs> his last three starts, obviously one was with LSU have been against ranked teams and he's won them all. And one of, and one of them was his, uh, his former team, his former team. Yeah. <laughs> Max Johnson Heisman. Stop. Surely not. <laughs> All right, so looking forward, though, uh, not and not past this next game because uh, this Auburn game is on October 1st, uh, I think it'll be a very telling October for LSU, as it is usually. You know, everyone looked at, uh, you know, Les Miles and Orgeron stats in October because that's like when the thick of the season's starting, and it's like your full month before you get that bye before Bama. So it's a good measuring stick, you know, for all intents and purposes. Uh, we got Auburn away, Tennessee at home, 
Florida away, Ole Miss at home. What do you guys think LSU could like? What what could LSU and, and Brian Kelly do in October? I think they could conceivably, like it's possible they could go undefeated. I think conce- more conceivably they'll they'll do like three and one. Well, Tennessee is the toughest of those, and Ole Miss is a good yeah. team as well. Um, Auburn, you pretty much think you got to have that one, and Florida, they've kind of been down a little bit since their uh, big opener win against Utah, but they they played um, close with Kentucky and close with Tennessee, but lost both. So yeah, I think you're right, Scott. You could definitely go three and one in there and be pretty happy with your result. Yeah. Um, I think worse than two and two, and that's disappointing. Um, one thing I, I did want to say uh, about Auburn is that for them, they're kind of in a similar situation where they've got all these tough SEC games coming up, including Georgia, and they're looking at this game against LSU as one of their best chances of putting a W on the board. <laughs> so they're going to be trying as hard as they can for that uh, yeah. because they're going to be seeing the same thing with Alabama and Georgia uh, and Texas A&M coming up. They're like, we got to get this one at LSU bad, bad. Uh, so um, it, they could put up a tough fight there, but yeah, um, it's a, it's a murderer's row as always in the sec. And you kind of just hope to take a few blows and then come out mostly unscathed. Yeah. And then two, two of those, only two of those are ranked at least as of right now, Tennessee at home and uh, Ole Miss, also at home. Our two road games are the easiest out of the four. Uh, I think Auburn should be much easier than what Florida would be. Um, Although, man, it's like Tennessee, they scored on pretty much every drive, I think, except for the ones where they actually turn the ball over. (laughs) So so I, I I don't know. It's uh, it's like their, their offense is pretty good. I don't know about their, I don't know about their defense. I mean, Florida, Florida's no slouch. I mean, Anthony Richardson's, you know, really good, but uh, you know Tennessee just you know they gave them the ball and their you know their their defense couldn't just you know hold it out. So I I don't know it'll be interesting, um, but I feel like Tigers can go three and one if they do. LSU's in good position, still only one SEC loss, and maybe one of them is not within your division. Although I don't know, typically that doesn't matter, but yeah, still. Well, I mean, the West is still going to be tough regardless but i mean you know having a coming out with a with the uh like you said being what three and one and or be four and one in uh sec play by the end of october um pretty pretty uh pretty nice for the old bk takeover year one (laughs) yeah i think after one we can stop saying takeover because he's already has he taken over yet? Is, is, is I think so. I mean, what I mean, he's got uh, he's he's undefeated in SEC play so far. He's he's got a three and one record, not bad. Uh, his defense is, I think, statistically like right around twelfth in the country. Yeah, which is pretty good. Uh, you know, just you could look at the We're right behind Georgia. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and good and getting better, right? Because it's like they've had. T- kind of like last year, like when we changed coaches or when just when uh, it felt like, Oh, kind of relinquished some of the defensive calls to uh, God, I forget his name. It's Don, was it Dante? Was it right? Dante Durante Jones, Durante Jones, sorry. <laughs> Durante uh, Jones. I forgot about him. <laughs> yeah. So like, like, and then, you know, all, all that, those last few games, LSU's defense look really good. Kind of like how they do now. So 
Uh, I, I feel like it's just been a matter of time for this team to gel because they haven't had a chance to do that. Everyone's new <laughs> in all facets of the program. Um, so uh, I, I think what we'll see at the end of the season will be even better than what we see now. No doubt. But um, speaking of Brian Kelly's taking over, he still had some, you know, some good recruits coming in. He's, you know, he's still doing his thing uh, recruiting wise. He's bringing in, gosh, who did he have? I don't know. I'm sure, I'm sure Daniel kept track of some of this, but like he had two really highly touted QB recruits, right? It was uh, Julian Sayan, who's a 24 recruit, supposedly number two uh, in the class. And then also G- DJ Lagway, uh, a five-star. Yeah, also- both of those are big-time quarterback names. And DJ Lagway especially has uh, looked hard at LSU. I think he's coming out of Texas. Um, mm-hmm. And then so he's got still got a lot of options because we're still in the 2023 cycle, right? But, uh, yeah, either one of those would be a, a huge pickup for LSU considering we didn't have a real top-level QB in this last year's class. We had Ricky Collins, who was kind of a mid-four-star. But, um, I mean – quarterbacks lead teams and so if you can pull a top two three guy in the country then you could be good for a couple of years barring transfers which is sadly always a possibility sure but it doesn't it seem like on on you know just uh in general on par like the lsu qb recruitment uh it seems like a, a step above maybe than what we're used to like more more like prospects that you would think would be good rather than and who can we get to come here to look at us? I don't know. It just feels like better overall. I think you're right because um, Walker Howard obviously was a top five quarterback in his class. And Garrett Nussmeyer was like top 10 ish. And then before that, like you got to go back a ways to find like a top LSU, like quarterback recruit through the days of like Zach. Uh-huh. Yeah. Paralu was like the number one and he was 2000, what, seven or eight. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then it's been, yeah, a long time since then. Mettenberger, who wasn't really like a recruit, like kind of, we kind of lucked our way into him. Yeah, he was community college. And in between, we have like Jordan Jefferson, Jarrett Lee, Anthony. Hey, what uh, about Russell Shepard? Yeah, we we finally got a top quarterback when we put him at wide receiver. Well, that's not true. Well, he was like one or two. I can't think he was two. So was Brandon Harris. Like both of those guys. Oh, yeah. Anthony Jennings was, I think, highly rated. Yeah. Dual threat quarterbacks top two two to five each right they just it just didn't work out so i don't know if that was a lsu system thing or like you said like one ended up going to receiver so maybe that wasn't i I don't know who knows right but i just feel like uh you know on average um at least the the overall qb uh, recruitment i feel like is in better hands uh and that's nothing against the quarterbacks that you brought in it's just it's like once you get him here you have to have someone that knows how to develop them so uh you know it's like you can hear plenty of stuff come out of camp about nuss and, and walker howard and it, i think it's all great it's like if if Jaden daniels stays another year we're in great position if he doesn't i think we're still in pretty good position yeah i, I, I mean it's hard to, it's it's bad to say we're i mean we're in week you know going into week what five right now and and we're already and i'm thinking about next year but like right does Jaden stay does he is he trying to go to the nfl do i mean if he i don't think i don't think he can go to the nfl right now so i feel like we would at least have him if he stay if he's gonna play college football again i think he's staying 
Yeah, uh, like if he if he shows that pocket presence like he did this last game against New Mexico against the rest of the season, the rest of the schedule, and he looks that good against the rest of the schedule, I don't know. I, I'm sure someone will say, "Dude, you might go in the second, third round." I, I'd give it a shot. Otherwise, yeah, he he should stay. But yeah, depends on the season, you know. Man, I just I just don't envy all these coaches having to manage have to manage these rosters with transfer portal and nil, and then like. You take like, okay, having Jaden, you know, in a, in a perfect world, you'd say like, yeah, we want Jaden to stay as long as he can. And then we want Nussmeyer to be there right there, ready for him. And then after that, we want Walker Howard. But like, you got to think one of them is going to transfer. Or someone else that we're bringing in, like yeah. Williams, like he's, you know, someone's going to transfer because the, the timeline is never going to match up to their expectations. To what they want, yeah. Unless you get like a Mac Jones, you know, who, who's got one year that's, at it. That's the dream. Yeah. You want yeah. somebody who can buy into your program and, and be like, yeah, I get it. Like, I'm going to have one year and it's going to be a great year. And I'm going to go to the NFL and be a starter. But before I'm going to have to, you know, sit. Right. We'll see. But anyway, I don't know. I think that was about it as far as uh on the football front unless you guys had something else otherwise i agree i think that was a good little wrap up right on uh and just kind of like i was saying earlier i think lsu basketball they're they're already starting uh you know they're probably started practice no um they start practice i think either this week or next week yeah, yeah, the season starts, I think, November 5th or 7th, something like that. So, yeah, about a month and a, and a week away. So we'll still be in the midst of the, the football season by that time. I know, but it's 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 already creeping in, and uh, I'm, I'm kind of excited. I know it's going to be just something we're not used to. It's going to be a new coach, new coaching staff, uh, but, uh, you know, a new team all together, really. Some guys are staying. I mean, we can just say Parker Edwards is the anchor of this team already, right? <laughs> Um, but no, it's like, we've had, he, uh, you know, McMahon brought some of his guys. We got, we still got ACE Wolf here. We had, you know, Miller, and then we have some other guys that transferred in. So it's going to be interesting, but not unlike any other year where guys come and go, I guess, uh, you know, in the Will Wade air, um, we'll see. Uh, I-, I think it'll be pretty good just because hopefully there'll be some stability, you know, there's still sanctions hanging. Uh, I mean, LSU got word about one of these investigations that was looming. Uh, this one was re- uh, related to to James Craig's recruiting activities. I don't know. I think he just some information, some very light, minuscule informational benefits or something. I don't know. He gave somebody a gift bag. Something. He gave it. He gave like equipment, right? Like okay. like receiver gloves or something. Right. right yeah. So uh, LSU's on probation. I mean, they self-reported all this, self-imposed some stuff. So uh, pretty much uh, no harm, no foul at this point since LSU kind of already self-reported, self-imposed. Moving on, but there's still the Will Wade thing still hanging, but Batman Man's not worried about it. I'm not worried about it. He's like, because I I think it's built into his contract too, that uh, I don't know what I'm going to be dealing with when this ruling comes down the pike. So, you know, I think he's got, what, five, seven years to figure it out, even after they hear. So he's not worried. I'm not worried. And whatever it's going to be, you know, uh, Will Wade's gone, right? The, you know, the, the school fired him, so I don't know how much that'll give the the committee to like not impose on LSU because you know they they did they they suspended him at first, then they got rid of him. So uh, I don't know. It remains to be seen. Uh, I think it's just more of not if it was an institutional thing. 
right? Like if they come down super hard or not. But yeah, as long as we keep pushing it into the indefinite future, it'll never catch up with us. That seems yep. to be the plan right now. Just keep punting. Just keep punting the ball. Um, but anyway, yeah, hopefully we'll have some good news of that uh, on that bye week right before Bama. You think that'll ever go the way? This bye week before Bama, you think the traditional Bama, uh, the traditional Bama bye? Yeah, I just, I, I kind of think it's just, it's, it's pointless at this point because, like the, the, the whole point, like, I don't remember when it was not the bye before Bama, but when it was held, I thought was like when it was, you know, the game of the century type thing back and forth, and we've held it ever since, thinking we could break through. Some years we've came close, most we haven't. But it's like it's still it's like they they hold on to that buy, but it's like they've changing stuff up around. We're going to be playing, you know, teams earlier in the season. You know, they released the the twenty twenty uh, what was it four schedule, and it's like we're playing Florida in like week three or four. I don't know. It's just that everything is changing in the scheduling department. So I say, why not mix up the bye week? Well, if I think it was, yeah, to try and give LSU and Bama the, both the best chance to be as well rested for a good game as possible. But if LSU keeps putting a mediocre product on the field, they might not feel so inclined to reserve us that that honor. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And they just say, here, take your bye whenever we decide and uh, you get to deal with it. Yeah. Wait, no, I thought, but well, we make our own schedule, don't we? I think you can try to, but I thought the SEC had like the authority kind of on like the league schedule. I could be way off on that. I don't know. I, I thought I read somewhere that like Bama, they they can say this. I mean, it worked. The timing worked out when you know the game of the century stuff was going on. But uh, from what I've heard, Bama sticks with this bye week because you know it's right. It's like right around Saban's birthday, so he has his <laughs> birthday off. You know, it's convenient or not, but that's that's what they say. So maybe uh, that's why. Maybe that's why we have it this way too, to to give so we can go celebrate his birthday. Yeah, for that one title back in 2003. <laughs> for, uh, for kind of changing college football forever. Right. Anyway, um, all right, well, I think that was about it, man. Uh, good wrap-up of the week. Very good. I'll see you on the planes this Saturday night. I think it's 6 p.m. Eastern. Yep. Six, six, six central, yeah, six central. Yeah, six central. Tune your televisions to uh, ESPN, I do believe. Yep. Yeah. Not as bad as 11 a.m., but this is this is what I thought was funny. Was, uh, a lot of people, in, like supposedly Scott Woodward and some other LSU like brass, are, like, they're upset about this, this 11 a.m. kickoff against Tennessee. Did you, mm. you didn't see that? I didn't No, I didn't see the, the reaction. I mean, I saw the fan reaction. I didn't see – that LSU kind of had a reaction. Uh, it was uh, Jack Doucet with, uh, had had posted something about it, uh, about supposedly Scott Woodward and them were not not too happy about this announcement. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just the prime time thing. You know, they they feel like LSU's better at prime time. But again, I don't you know I don't think you get to choose when you have that environment. It's up to LSU. Like Daniel said, it's they're undefeated this century. I'd say change it around, make a tradition out of it. Maybe LSU's, you know, we get up and have some, some, some boudin for brunch or some breakfast, uh, some bloody Mary's and make a, make a day out of it. We don't have to sit around all day for LSU to put up, <laughs> you know, far inferior product in a night game. Uh, I'm thinking of like 
you know, FSU this season, UCLA last season, right? Like I hated waiting around all day, like excited for this game and then just womp, womp. So I say, yeah, let's try some 11 a.m. games, make a thing of it. Maybe it'll be better. Well, that's uh, like a, that, I mean, that the same thing in 2019 when we played Alabama, you know, I think uh, there were a lot of, a lot of LSU people felt snubbed because it was a two thirty game. Right. They didn't give it the, they it didn't get the prime time, like seven o'clock kickoff, but I don't care. Yeah. I mean, I don't care anymore. Yeah. I don't care. You guys do. That's fine. But uh, I don't know. It's funny. I think it's funny because it's sportsman's <clears throat> paradise. Half the state will get up at 5 a.m. to go sit in a pond and shoot a shoot at a, a football with feathered wings, but <laughs> but I don't know. I get it. I guess they just they feel like the night game is a better environment. That's what made Death Valley, right? Yeah, earthquakes and all that stuff. Anyway, um, I don't know. I think that'll pretty much do it for us here on Talking Ticks. Unless you guys had any final thoughts, man, we'll just probably toss it to next week and uh, see what LSU does at Auburn, right? We'll see you then. Yep. I think that's all I got for me. But uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. See you next week. And uh, we'll wrap up this Auburn game and whatever else happened in the SEC. And we'll just figure out ways to deal with this 11 a.m. kickoff, uh, which most people do not like, don't understand. But uh, I don't know. Hopefully, uh, LSU, after, you know, if they win these next two games, they will have earned some primetime play. Uh, remains to be seen. But. We'll have it for you next week here on Talking Tigs. So until then, stay safe, stay tuned, and we will talk to you next time on Talking Tigs. <laughs>